my biggest uh, entrepreneur shit, right, uh, was actually uh, hiding in the toilet and, and crying, right? Uh, actually, I wasn't crying. I was like bawling and wailing my eyes off, right? Hey guys, I want to give a special shout out to our Instagram page. If you have yet to follow us there, what are you waiting for? Follow our cute little coconut for great reminders, content snippets, and great vibes to perfume your day. We know you'll love it as we expand our ecosystem to journey with you every step along the way. So come on to the Financial Coconut Instagram page now. Tag us whenever you see some interesting stuff. Help grow our community together. Link is in the description below. Have you ever felt like you disappointed someone? Felt like you want to restart or maybe not even start? <laughs> Imagine this, you ran a series of events and many small successes, grew a brand, a team, gathered a loyal following, thinking you were going to pull off this huge 16,000 people marathon event only to disappoint and cause a huge media backlash. Our entrepreneur for today is Alex, founder of Avery & Co, a solo consultant company focused on clients in the sports and wellness business space. He was the co-founder of the now infamous YOLO Run. And I'm so, so touched that he was willing to come on to talk about this extremely painful part of his life. There's something unique about almost tasting a huge success only to flip into a crash that scarred his life for many, many years. Something he does not talk about anywhere else. So I thank him and I welcome you to Entrepreneur Shit Show. So this was in 2017. So I mentioned earlier about uh, the events management company that uh, I was running uh, with, with a business partner. And um, yeah, the event that we had was uh, 15,000 participants. Uh, so I had to find the toilet that was furthest away from the action just imagine 15,000 people on the ground uh, and uh, I don't know maybe 50% or 70 maybe even 90% of them were unhappy about the way things were being run and I uh, really don't know where to put my face lah. yeah mm. uh, so I had to still you know try to uh, make sure things were alright you know uh, there were certain uh, areas of uh, scope that we were supposed to do on the day itself so I just needed to manage those areas of uh, on my own there were other areas that other ICs as well as my uh, ex-business partner was already managing so had to leave them to do it so as long as I managed myself but uh, the worst thing was of course I was the face of the brand I was the face of the event so everyone was looking at me like you know this is the guy this is the guy you know, you know when can I take a gunny sack put it over him and lock him until he you know yeah, so it was it was uh, terrible right I really and you know sometimes when you plan as much as you can uh, uh, and you know shit still happens and when shit happens you really just need to just wing it lah, right because there's nothing else you can do already at that mm. point right so how do you make sure that you still let the event run properly mm. uh, as much as properly as it can given the disaster of the situation and don't just disappear lah, you know the worst would be like oh shit there's nothing to do with me you know and then I just disappear and never turn up again right so mm. uh, being responsible for, for that I think uh, is, 
especially on the ground, mm. uh, being responsible to the team, being responsible to the people that actually uh, signed up to come for the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and it's, a, it's a huge event. Yeah, I mean, right. 15,000 is a huge... Yeah. And every, everybody kind of knows this event. <laughs> is it okay to name drop the event? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, so I'm co-founder of the uh, infam- infamous, infamous. Uh, YOLO Run, right? Mm. Uh, 2017 had a lot of uh, negative backlash, a lot mm. of... Uh, um, uh, daily papers were actually even talking about it. Uh, yeah. You know, I they were trying to call me for for uh, interview for a quote and whatever. And you know, a lot of online uh, publications, uh, mothership. You know, I don't know. I can't. All of them, like, Yeah, they were also uh, talking about how how this was the worst run event of the year. Mm-hmm. Everyone, it was so well anticipated, uh, but it was uh, it was really badly run, right? Uh, yeah. So I mean. Um, the route was short uh, the water points were insufficient not enough cups um, baggage collection was long uh, some people claimed they lost items because the bar- baggage wasn't well uh, arranged um, yeah security queue was long you know if you went out it took you forever to come back in so because of all of this uh, it started late didn't start on time yeah so everything one thing snowballed to the next I mean with events if you don't follow on the clock on the dot and um, not enough allowance uh, there is enough allowance given but even then allowance was not enough to to cover for all the uh bad things that happen, right? So yeah, so it was terrible. It was really terrible. I mean, I look back on it uh, and I cringe, right? And like, um, oh my goodness, you know, how did I survive that ordeal? And um, in fact, uh, even up to today, if you ask me to do an event, I'm, I'm going to tell you I don't think I want to do an event, right? Because uh, there's too much at stake uh, and I'd rather work on the strategy or maybe uh do the marketing or do the business development or whatever but uh, with the event event specific that's something that uh, I would not want to if I can yeah I mean maybe small scale events uh, as part of an activation possible but not a massive scale event with 15,000 people right maybe mm-hmm. 1 2,000 is still okay but yeah uh, so so that's that's. but I mean learning experience for sure right mm-hmm. uh, I know so much more about events management I know so much more about events planning uh, if I were to engage an external vendor to do something like that for me uh, at least I would know all the blind spots and, and whatever else I needed to mm-hmm. be uh, looking out for mm-hmm. or making sure that they do so that you know it doesn't uh, uh, screw up the way that it did yeah and uh, how did you end up in the washroom wailing and well so at that point it's like okay um, I I don't have anything to do right now you know I, I need to vent off some emotions and vent off some frustration and um, yeah I, I was looking for the furthermost corner where nobody would, would hear me nobody would see me and I just disappeared for that I don't know, it seemed like forever, but it could have been just five minutes. But yeah, and I I remember just sitting down at the toilet bowl and, you know, with my hands uh, uh, to my face and just crying and crying and like, you know, and of course, I don't know how long I did it, maybe one minute, two minutes. uh, It was really letting it go. It was was really like that sort of crying where you, (laughs) you know, that sort of crying, right? It wasn't like, "Mm," yeah, it was really like, lost you know don't know what to do like literally lost you don't know what to do and you don't there's nobody else that can help you right you can you're the only one that can help yourself right and then i think maybe it was for a minute or two maybe five minutes at most and okay come on alex pick yourself up you know you get to get back there and finish the event you know all these people are there for those at least i mean those that are 
enjoying themselves, let them continue to enjoy themselves. Those people that have issues or whatever, we deal with it after the event, mm. right? So, um, yeah, then I, I went back and of course pretended like nothing happened and just went to finish the event. I mean, she started early because, you know, with an event like that, the flag off, I think it was at 5.30 or something like that or 6.30. So I think I was there from like 5 a.m. And it was only till lunch or after lunch, right, that um, everything was packing out and over. And yeah, then it was at that point, it was like, okay, let's, what's the aftermath, right, of all of this? And that's, of course, when everything uh, went out of control. Like, it went worse than what I expected. It was even worse than during the event itself, right? Because there were like thousands of people uh, online. Uh, saying we want a refund and we can't refund right because with the the um, revenue that's collected it was used to purchase the t-shirts purchase the medals and purchase all those things right and it was also operating costs so uh, that definitely was something that was out of the question that we were going to do um yeah, and it was really how do we uh, mitigate, right? And then, of course, it was also fault finding, right? So where were the bottlenecks that happened? Who were the the assholes or the fuckers that didn't do their job, right? Such that uh, we 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 ended up in the situation that we were in. So it was investigating. It was trying to find out. At the same time, uh, it was uh, managing the media backlash, right? Uh, everything was snowballing and I, I mean I had to shut down my social media accounts you know because people were actually trying to uh, flame me on hunt my you personal, down yeah, yeah hunt me down uh, and I mean to one person they said oh $50 you know that's uh, why can't you refund $50 but if it's 10,000 people that wants a $50 refund <laughs> it's gonna be impossible right we would go totally bust uh, and, and we were already not in a very good state right so yeah this was like I think it was even worse for me because um, the year 2017 was when I brought the event to Thailand, Hong Kong, KL. And in each city, we had about 4,000 people participating and the events were well done uh, and no profit, but no loss, mm. right? And we were all gearing up or I was looking forward to the end of the year where, okay, we're going to have this 15,000 people event and yeah, it's gonna, we're going to end the year with a bang, right? And then the next year, we're going to include maybe another two or three cities and Yolo Run is going to be famous, Ooh. right? Yeah, it was yeah. already famous, but then it became infamous, right? And then, yeah, so that's, that was what I was looking forward to. So um, it was a, an even greater blow because all my plans, all my expectations and everything that uh, I was hoping for uh, literally just disappeared, like, vanished, right? And it got worse, right? Uh, and along the way, uh, with the investigations also, um, I discovered that uh, there were certain discrepancies, you know, uh, with the way that my business partner or ex-business partner was dealing with matters. And uh, actually, you know, all of this... Um, Red flags happened along the year already, uh, but I did not take heed to the red flags and um, I was uh, looking forward to the light at the end of the tunnel and yeah, <laughs> end off with a big bang, 15,000 people uh, and uh, none of this will matter, right? Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, short through the cracks and I think um, divine intervention probably telling me that, Alex, you know, I don't think this is for you, uh, I'm going to just let you fail one major jialat jialat time so you can just walk away and don't want to get involved in this anymore, right? So 
I think that if the disaster didn't happen, I might still have been uh, saying, okay, let's try again one more year. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I know what you mean. I right. You mean. So the cut would be not so clean. Yes, it, it right. needed for something to be as bad as it did for me to wake up my idea and then just walk away. Yeah. So as much as there were friends uh, and family that were going through this entire year's process with me, were saying, I think, you know, something is not right, you know. Um, perhaps you should consider or reconsider, you know, it's not too late. But I said, no, you know, I want to finish this year well, right? Uh, but then disaster happened and I think, uh, yeah, divine intervention. And I think I'm in a good space now. Uh, I don't know how things would have been if the disaster didn't happen, but doesn't matter, right? It happened for a reason. I, I firmly believe that uh, things like that happen for a reason. And yeah, so I'm happy where I am right now, uh, starting on uh, my entrepreneurship journey again as a solopreneur. Right? Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my entrepreneurship story. Cool stuff. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I, I, I don't think that was, I don't think that's easy to share. Mm. I mean, I could feel it. Right? It's I think actually there's a more to it, right? Mm. Was which I will, I think I'll just share. Huh? Um, so my ex-business partner was actually uh, an ex-student of mine. Right? I mentioned that, you know, I was a physical education teacher and to some extent I was his uh, mentor. And I could not believe that there were certain uh, character flaws that were not evident in the many formative years that I had spent with him to have suddenly shown through being a business partner. I think that uh, the fact of having felt uh, manipulated, um, having... um, trusting and and yet um, it coming to the way that it, it came, I think that perhaps was a greater uh, emotional blow to me than the fact that, you know, my reputation is ruined and all of these things that I build up for, I mean, of course, financially, all of that, I put in quite a lot into the business, but uh, I think it was the, the loss of trust and the feeling of having been manipulated and lied to, right? Uh, and at, at most points, I always thought that, yeah, maybe it's a, he doesn't know. Maybe it's a white lie. Maybe it's uh, a communication issue, you know? So there's always, I was always giving a reason for somebody not performing or somebody not um, coming clean on certain things, right? And the, the a famous reply was always, don't worry, bro, <laughs> I got it settled. I always very scared when people tell me, don't worry, bro. Yeah, so it's like, don't fucking bro me, you know. <laughs> don't bro. Don't, Get your yeah. shit done. Right, no, bro. Yeah, so don't don't worry, bro. So that, now anybody tell me, don't worry, bro. I have to go fuck yourself. Don't worry, bro. I, I double worry. It's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so that, 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 I mean, and I think that perhaps it was too trusting, uh, you know, and sometimes I second guess myself, I doubt myself and I said that, um, if only I had said 
you don't don't worry bro me tell me exactly if i had done that maybe all of this wouldn't have happened mm. so at sometimes i blame myself right and i think that it was my fault that i did not nip it in the bud before it happened the way it did and sometimes i even you know say that maybe he just didn't know right uh, yeah but i think that's not important uh, coming to, uh, to this point right i, I think that uh, we've all moved on and the fact is that uh, the business would not have been uh, would not have been able to flourish given the fact that um, there were all of these uh, character flaws anyway lah, right so i mean i believe that you know as a business owner whether you're an entrepreneur mnc sme uh, whatever self employed uh, character is important lah so you need to have integrity if you engage a person's service you need to pay right uh, if you purchase a product you need to pay <sighs> i mean we're all in the service product mm-hmm. sector right we're all trying to earn a living here and um having the mentality of if i don't do it to him somebody will do it to me that's not the right mentality because i i i mean i'm i'm of i believe in uh, the more you give the more you get right mm. so values not align mm. right so i i would say that it's just values not align uh, which i didn't see earlier along mm. the way uh, but it took a disaster for for me to realize it uh, and Yeah, I mean, I put off family planning for one year, uh, so uh, because of the 2017 uh, stressfulness of running all the events. So 2018 was when I decided to, or end 2017 was when I decided to walk away and uh, start family planning. And I mean, I have a two-year-old girl now, so mm. no regrets, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, everything happened for a reason. Uh, I, I cannot say that enough. Yeah, mm. Mm. and I think like like what you said. That was the past, right? It's already passed, and you're in a much better place now. Mm-hmm. You know, but at that moment, it's probably quite a thing, right? Like, how do you how do you manage to tie through that period? Mm. You know, most most people post venture is going to be quite shitty, mm-hmm. but then yours was like, you know, disaster post disaster, mm-hmm. right? How do how do you manage that time with yourself? I think a lot of it was. Still, you know, uh, doubting or could I have uh, prevented it uh, earlier in the first place? Uh, but at the same time, it was also managing all the backlash, right? Um, and it was also trying to um, get out of the business uh, as quickly or as smoothly as possible. Mm. How was that like? Not not many people get out of such a big thing. So yeah. Yeah. So I think it, it was a case of uh, my ex business partner believing in the brand that we had created, and he was uh, very happy to um, take a larger share of uh, whatever we had built. So that was something that um, I, I I it was hard for me to let go of as well. Right, but I was thinking more long term. Right, uh, I want to start a family. Um, I don't want to add additional stress to the people around me, and so I've been a div- I've I've been through a divorce once before. Right, uh, I'm in my second marriage, and I compared to my uh, divorce first divorce period. Right, uh, where uh, it was difficult, very very difficult time. Yeah, so I I think. Um, Coming out of it was 
definitely support from friends and family, lah. Mm. Right. Mm. I mean, uh, I think something like that is important. Uh, but also, so when we talk about support, you know, it's not just a warm body being there when you. It's really about talking to somebody, right? <laughs> talking about things mm. like, hey, is it my fault? You know, hey. Uh, should I have done that? Should I have that? So all this in hindsight kind of things doesn't matter. Talk about it, lah. You know, just get it off your chest, and you know. So then, the more you talk about it, the more you um, realize that yeah, there wasn't anything that could have been done, right? Uh, and thinking on hindsight doesn't exactly put. It's not exact. Doesn't exactly give you exact situation that you might be in because the other party might have reacted differently, right? So it's not a good uh, reflection. But still, I think it's important to speak about things like that. And having uh, the right support system, I think, was important. Hey guys, I know many of you are looking to invest in properties but struggle to get quality content about it. I mean, many of these property content online are tainted with sales bias and we rarely hear from real investors themselves. So in this new show I will be hosting with co-host Troy, we will dive deep with seasoned professionals, casual investors and experts to help you get a head start on your property investing journey. So join us on the Coconut Avenue today on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or anywhere you consume your content. This will be a seasonal podcast with episodes airing every Wednesday Stay. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the Coconut Avenue now. Details at thefinancialcoconut.com slash podcast. So it was, uh, I'm going to find a, a, a full a, a job, right? I want to be an employee, right? Mm. I, yeah. know, I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. Enough of all this. I'm yeah. going to work for someone. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm yeah. going to be an employee. Mm-hmm. right? Let me not think about uh, running my own business for a while. Two, three months after, yeah, that's when a headhunter called me for a role uh, at Call Collective. And yeah, it was quite a difficult interview process, but I, I managed to clear it. So that was, a, mm. I think that was a good uh, godsend. Yeah. But how, how was the difference like for you? You know, running a, your own business and then you know, switching over. I, I know you switch in and out la, mm-hmm, many mm-hmm, times, right? Mm-hmm. But how, how is that different? You know, because some entrepreneurs find it very hard to work for other people. Mm. You know, but you sound like it's okay. Yeah, I'll just work for other people. When I have something to do, then I'll come out. You know, so how do you see it? The, the whole entrepreneurship and being employed kind of kind of different. I saw it more, not so much as a different role that I play uh, as a entrepreneur versus an employee, I saw it more as this is an a new exciting thing. So I think what motivates and drives me is something new, something exciting, problem solving, uh, coming up with uh, new initiatives, uh, building a team from scratch. And it didn't matter to me whether or not I was doing it for myself or for an employer. Of course, there were issues like, you know, um, you need to follow certain uh, rules of the company, of the boss, uh, but not difficult to, I mean, you just need a little bit more discipline. It's not laissez-faire where you do your own thing, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then why do you still then come out and do your own thing now. <laughs> so like, okay, ma, work, ma, then like, so come out, do a thing again. Well, uh, I think that, you know, with every entrepreneur or solopreneur, whatever, um, having your own time and your own space is something that 
you appreciate. You know, you can start work anytime you want. Of course, you know, now with working from home and, you know, uh, remote working, it could also be possible for an employee. Uh, but being your own boss or being an entrepreneur gives you the opportunity to um, plan your own uh, milestones, to plan your own schedule. Uh, and it was a life stage for me, right? Because with the birth of my daughter, uh, it, it, that was the reason why I wanted to um, get back into entrepreneurship because I was working 14, 16 hour days and um, I didn't want to continue working that sort of hours when my girl was born. So yeah, the, the, the only or the best uh, solution to that was to do my own thing. I think the most interesting part is, you know, you saying that oh, because of my daughter, that's why I decided to become an entrepreneur again, mm-hmm. All right? Because, because I think you know what most people will perceive is that as you grow older, as you set up a family, more risk adverse. Mm-hmm. People will enjoy the whole like, okay, I got a job, you know, got income. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you see it, you know, in this other way? Good question, right, uh, Reggie? I, I, I think that. I know and I recognize that the starting phase would always be um, tougher because you will need a certain amount of runway to uh, be able to get to a certain revenue which would match up to uh, being a full-time employee. Mm. But with the support of my wife, we understood that, okay, we can financially be able to do it over a 12-month period, for example, right? So it's like giving myself that window. Um, And once that window is hit, right, then the revenue is actually exponential. It's not capped. Um, So that is one of the thoughts. Mm. But um, really, it's also thinking who will want to, who might want to hire me at this point given my seniority, uh, given my remuneration package expectation, and uh, who is going to give me that sort of flexibility that I want to be able to spend with my daughter any time that I want. So the reality is that nobody, right? So then the only way is to carve something out for myself, which is actually the key driving uh, reason Mm. and the other point that I mentioned of longer term projection I think that comes as a secondary the Mm. primary reason is really that um, I can make my own future for myself because nobody out there is going to give me what I want so if I have a checklist of five things these are the things that I want which employer can give that to me um, and no, no employer can check those five boxes, then it's me choosing the employer versus the employer choosing me, right? And because of that, but me being my own boss allows me to check all those boxes. Mm. So obviously, I would want to do my own thing. Uh, but not saying that everyone should mm. think of because it Because it's way. not a walk in the park, right? Exactly, yeah. right? So it's not a walk in the park. You need to, of course, have that self-awareness. So how strong is your network, right? How... What a, do you know the right people? Uh, do you have enough savings in your bank account to sustain, right? Uh, do you have the support from family? Um, uh, do you at least have uh, a business idea that um, people are willing to pay money for already? So if all of these work, 
then there is no reason why uh, anyone who has that entrepreneurial spirit or entrepreneurial mind uh, to, to take that step. Of course, you can't just sit on your ass all day and mm. ex- and spend time with my daughter and ex- expect that you know my business is gonna come in. Yeah, <laughs> Instagram video. Yeah. Oh, Ava. <laughs> I mean, I see a lot of that, right? But it's cute. It's a family thing. Yeah, but I I really want to double down on the whole like you know the whole like mid age mm. kind of thing mm. right? because you've done a lot of things. Mm. Right? You've you work for different people, you've done your own thing, you've worked overseas, all these kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the way you handle ventures now mm-hmm. and the way you handle ventures when you were younger, what are some you know, significant differences? I think there's always um, knowing that uh, I'm not young anymore, right? Uh, so it's like, this is my final burst of energy, give it all I've got, that kind of uh, mindset. But you know, if you think about it really, I'm only 41. I still have more than half my life to live, right? So I could be 60 and I could be still doing the same thing and I have 20, 30 more years of my life to live. So uh, yes, I think it's very relative. Um, Yes, we might feel that way, but uh, maybe when you ask me this question when I'm 50 or 60, if I'm starting another venture, I might say exactly the same thing, right? Um, And if you ask me when I was 30, uh, compared to when you're asking me when I was 20, right, it would be different as well. So relative, um, now that you mention it, it doesn't really matter, right? Because mm-hmm. if you if you've got that why, right, if you've got that purpose, and you know what you want to do, and you know how you want to be able to um, influence uh, more people with what you want to do or your why, then it doesn't matter at which stage it happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, the stuff I already mentioned earlier, which is you know you need to get the support. You can't just decide to do it, and then you know your wife, you know, or your family, or people that you're around with thinks that think that you're crazy, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I think no matter what age, people always think you're crazy if you're an entrepreneur. So, so, uh, this guy, right? I'm trying to do his own thing. So getting that support, I think is important and understanding um, your specific value that you can bring or give to the the community, right? That you are a part of. I think that that is the value, lah, right? And mm. if you know that you can do that, then just do it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how old you are. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. But but that is very much on the the values, ideological way mm. of looking at things. What mm. about from an executional front? Do you feel you do it differently now? Right, right. Okay. Mm. Um, I mean, for sure, right? Because mm. uh, that's why they always say the wise old man, right? Mm. The more years you have, the more failures that you've had, uh, the more people that you've met, the more stories that you've listened to, the more you're able to apply it to yourself. Mm. So for sure, right? Uh, a lot more cautious, um, a lot more mindful. Mm. Um, Are there certain things that you do differently now? You know, like maybe when you're younger, you just go and you just go, mm, right? Mm. Then what about when you're now revisiting, let me, your fifth, fourth, tenth venture? Okay, in younger days, probably just chong only, right? <laughs> uh, just go! Yeah, just go. Because you can you can afford your 20, 48 hours not sleeping, you know, uh, 72 hours not sleeping or, or whatever. But working smarter, Right, uh, having blocking out specific time that uh, I want to do specific things. For example, needing to end work by a certain time so that I can have dinner with my family. That sort of thing. Whereas in my younger days, things like that are not important. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think um, doing things more intentionally. I think if there's a word to use, would be doing things more intentionally. And because of that, it is 
more efficient, it is more productive, uh, and you save energy, you save time, you save resources. Lah. So, uh, yeah, the, the wisdom from uh, many uh, failed ventures as well as some successful ones. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm. okay? It feels like, you know, like you went from like that, mm-hmm. like this kind of big venture, mm-hmm. and then now it's like, okay, I just want to do this on my own and just kind of make it work. Mm-hmm. Because the counter the counter view will be like, oh, we start small and then we grow, grow over the years, we do bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger, bigger, mm-hmm. right? Do you feel that it is because of some reason that you're afraid to like aim for the big thing and you're just kind of doing this thing or...? Not entirely so because um, I'm not familiar with the you know raising capital, doing big thing kind of uh, mm-hmm. businesses or startups. Um, I believe in being cash flow positive and growing slow, right? Um, my my projection or my idea of Avery and Co is to grow a team and actually to uh, go global as well. So I have plans to grow the business. But perhaps the plans are more conservative mm. and I don't have to answer to investors or partners <laughs> who want it to grow by a certain date. Mm. Right? Mm. So I'm controlling it in my own time. And at some point, if I realize that that's not what I want to do, then I still can not mm. do it. Mm. Right? But of course, the idea is that, yes, I want to grow it. I want to have a global audience. I even want to uh, grow the company to be in other cities or countries, mm. right? Um, and I, yeah, so I don't think that it is going from big to small. I think now it's perhaps learning from all the big uh, dreamy ideas <laughs> and visions and realizing that, okay, let's just start small and then work away from small up, mm. right? You did say about how your network is very important in this process because mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing, because it's a one-man show and because it's in consultancy, it's, it's a lot of, you know, network-driven business, mm-hmm. right? So how do you then, you know, grow this network of yours? I think the network has, has developed or grown uh, organically from the different uh, roles I've played, the different mm-hmm. businesses that I've been in and not losing touch of that. I think uh, when people suddenly realize that, hey, you're doing something else again, they are genuinely excited. They're genuinely interested. They say, hey, you know what you're doing? Uh, let me see how I can help you, right? Because the people want to help you. I mean, if you're not a, a douchebag, <laughs> you're not <laughs> somebody that, you know, um, has done them wrong at any point, you know, and been as authentic as you have been in your relationships, then why wouldn't somebody want to just catch up with you, right? And yeah, so I think that to me is the network. But of course, network is nothing if the relationships that were established along the way were not uh, genuine, right? And I think... I, I guess now I realize it, lah. But of course, when you make friends, you don't realize I must make this an authentic friendship, right? You know, you don't realize it. But now, tw- 20, 20 years down the road, I realize that yeah, I know all of those were, were good relationships, mm. and because of that, it's almost like saying you sowed the seeds twenty years ago, and you know now uh, these people are still in your network and still your friends, and they are actually going to be able to help you uh, with whatever business that you are, are starting. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, research have shown that as entrepreneurs grow older, the success rate gets higher and higher and higher, right? Mm. It's the problem why a lot of startups since like they're all organized by young people is because young people try more, mm. right? That's, that's the that's kind of where we're coming from also, mm-hmm. right? But 
I think at the end of the day, I just have one question to ask you. It's like, why do you still do what you do? Right? After so many things, you travel everywhere, do all these things, try all these different sectors. Why do you still do it? I think that, you know, being an entrepreneur or right now a solopreneur, uh, it's the most meaningful thing to do for yourself, right? Uh, I don't think that any company or employer will be able to give you exactly what you want and what you need. Whereas if you were to be doing something on your own, then you are in control and you dictate uh, your future. I think that for me probably is the most compelling reason why I'm in entrepreneurship and why I've started this solopreneur journey. Right, so uh, being in control and dictating the future that I set for myself. Um, the, there are things that you can control and there are things that you cannot control. So being able to understand that is also important. Lah. Because saying this as a sweeping statement, you know, I dictate my future. Then we're like, wow, this guy's xiao, you know, dictate his own future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I so, know you, you know, you know, move with the times, you know, uh, understand the market, you know, know what is trending, what is not. And you need to do your homework. Lah. Mm. So uh, I, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy. I think that um, entrepreneurship so far has given me the most happiness um, because I really you know, enjoy what I'm doing. Not so much about the control of time, but just being in the zone and being in the moment doing what I'm doing. And this is happening maybe 80%, 90% of the time that I'm doing my own thing. But if I were working for an employer, maybe 50%, or 40% very tau su Considered very huh? good yeah, right? <laughs> So Do you want 40% happiness Or you want 80% happiness Go mm. and choose la. And so I mean, I mean All this relates to You know Happiness Leads to uh, Less stress leads Let you live longer You know Don't have all these ailments I mean All that is research uh, Back right? But uh, it, At the end of the day What's your happiness la? And for me I think entrepreneurship As much as there are ups and downs If you were to Average it out I think the happiness level is actually um, higher compared to if I were uh, employed. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. My pleasure. My pleasure. (laughs) Awesome. I think Alex uh, brought a very interesting perspective. I mean, it's not easy for someone to Honestly, for the for a middle-aged guy to talk about, you know, his younger days struggles in a business, and you know, it, it's 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 interesting that he's willing to come on and be that vulnerable and, and talk about his challenges. I think that is uh, very real, and, and we all realize that you know, regardless of at which stage of our life as an entrepreneur, you know, we we face very similar challenges but we can we can take things differently because over the years we will learn different different tools and grow our mindsets and you know be able to handle struggles in a in a wiser fashion probably the old wise men right that, that kind of discussion but at the end of the day i believe it goes a little bit beyond just like why you do what you do but really becoming better as an entrepreneur there are certain skill sets involved right and uh Based on what, what he shared, I think that was that was very interesting, especially from this like 
middle age, you know, as more and more entrepreneurs start to fall out because there's an apex, right? As, as, as people get older, they tend not to be entrepreneurial, but he, he provides a different view to it. So I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, I hope you learned something useful. So since you stay all the way here, I think Alex has something extra for you. Last question. All right, last question. Um, so if someone wants to participate in this entrepreneurship thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you've shared a lot, mm-hmm. right? But what is something that if a new person wants to join, or maybe a middle-aged person, mm-hmm. you know, first-time entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, what advice will you give them? I think at the end of the day, they need to ask themselves why. Lah. I mean, that's the most, that's important, right? So why do you want to be an entrepreneur, right? Is it because you think that it's going to, you're going to be the next unicorn and you know I mean is that the right reason maybe for him it is but he needs to know it such that somewhere along the way if he doesn't make it he's not going to like fall out and cry and feel like he's been a failure all his life right so knowing why you're doing something uh, prepares you for the long run so that's my biggest piece of advice because if you don't identify that why then you're going to lose steam along the way Right, uh, and you don't want that to happen because you know, like what you say, middle age. This guy's in his thirties, forties. He does it for two years, and then after that, he goes back to trying to find employment, and it might not uh, happen so uh, well for for him, yeah, or her. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.